<laughs> Kevin Bloody Wilson. Fucking hell. Rodney Rude. He'd get shot down there. He's the type of guy that would cancel himself, though. He'd be impressed. <laughs> you know those people? Yeah. I'll just cancel myself first. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know people that cancel themselves first. Yeah. Cut that part. Because we're getting cancelled. Why would you get cancelled? <laughs> the nicest people ever. <laughs> you got cancelled for being too nice. <laughs> art Talk, a place where artists talk about art things and stuff about creativity to help you do art stuff too. Let's take a deep breath. Can I tell you a story? Oh, yes, please, 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 please. All right, so one of my first memories of seeing things differently was through the eye of an old box brownie camera, which I found at an antique store when I lived in Byron Bay. And I love being able to capture things my way, and I remember I bought my first digital camera, Canon 60D, and shortly after the world was taken over by the iPhone, which made it easier for us all to take high-def photos on the fly. Now, I must admit, I was one of those people that put the digital SLR in the back of the cupboard and got on using my iPhone, right? So... The true photographers stuck around, stuck to their guns and continued capturing life through their lens. And one of those people we have in the room with us today, I've spent a lot of time with this guy over the past 12 to 24 months, absolute legend, the one and only, the man with the moustache. Mr. Sean Fox. Oh. There we go. What an intro. Yeah. What an intro, James. Got a lot to look after here. How did I go? That's fantastic. Mate. That's the first. So that was straight from the heart, baby. Straight <laughs> from the heart. How are you going? I'm good. I'm, yeah, I'm good. It's nice to have you here, mate. It's nice to see you guys. Chest yeah. hair and all. Yeah. <laughs> I can't grow it still. I shave mine every morning <laughs> along with the top of my head. It goes from the straight from the front to the back all the way down <laughs> Full and body back shape. up again. Yeah. Too good. Love it. That's not an uncommon thing though. Getting the camera, chucking it in the back of the cupboard. How did you get into photography? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I bought my first camera when I was about 15 or 16 years old. I worked all summer Love at it. IGA in Summerland Point. And we moved to the entrance, which is on the Central Coast, quickly after. And I spent all summer, 800 bucks for like a Canon 2000D or whatever it was back then. Analog. Oh, it was DSLR, first of the digital light lot, but no video. And um, the second day I, I bought it, my we were living above a pub and my door was like half open and someone walked up from down the pub and stole it. Oh, I thought you were going to say the door hit and it fell on the fish tank. No, nah, gone, <laughs> gone. But then, then I bought one of the 550Ds and got into video. I was probably about 17 yeah. and I was filming parkour. It was all parkour. It always been parkour for me, but yeah. it was 50-50 yeah. parkour and, and filming. And yeah, both of them, I'm still doing them. <laughs> it's funny, you know, the selling point for me on the 60D when I bought it was it had, it had four or five different filters and I yeah. was like, fuck, you can actually like see the photo and you can put this like, it was called toy or something. And yeah, it, yeah. it really emphasized the blues and, and it made it look like a really pretty picture. Yeah. Similar to what, yeah. you know, iPhones do now. Yeah. And it's filter. crazy that it was before that. Like I remember the job I was working at in Byron Bay. I was working for Scale Candy. Yeah. I bought the 60D with money, probably saved up for four weeks or five weeks. Yeah. bought it. And then the iPhone came out and I was like, fuck, well, that was a waste. Yeah. Because I wasn't like photography for me. It was just a, an outlet, but it wasn't a passionate it wasn't yeah, a passion yeah thing for me yeah so you know it was a shame the camera kind of went to the side because you could do everything on your iphone but there's people like sean that are still doing it and it's because the passion for them is about figuring out how to take the photograph on manual yeah and getting that look like anyone can chuck a 
DSLR on auto and fucking fire away and it looks sexy yeah. but to be able to do it and manipulate the photograph yeah. to get you know like Sean's known for you know those he's a sunset chaser yeah you know like love it. cotton candy absolutely. skies all yeah. those things yeah. mate your photographs are absolutely stunning I'm sure everyone in Newcastle knows your work by now and like I've seen the raw files too it's not you're not chucking crazy orange filters over the top yeah, like wow. that is what it is so like what's what's the secret Oh, man. I wish I could say that there's one specific secret. For me, you know, I initially lived in Kayama. And just a brief background, lived in Kayama, came up to Newcastle, and it took me a long while to really appreciate what was actually here. You know, the beauty that was around us. And probably about four years after I moved up, I was presented with a second-hand camera for my birthday. I think it was my 17th birthday. And, man, that moment just... It, it opened up my world, you know. I'd go yeah. out and I'd capture these images and I had no clue what I was doing, like we all, you know, like we all do when we first get a camera. And it was that process of beginning to learn something new, something mm. that it was it was profound for me, but that kind of journey led me on a path which really did open up my perspective, mm. open up my world to appreciate the little things, you know, the mundane things, even just walking down the street. Yeah. Seeing things through a lens opened up my creativity and really gave me that chance to actually express what within myself I'd always wanted to express. I just didn't really have the medium and didn't know how to actually present it to others. Mm. So, yeah, I, I guess sunrise and sunset, it's evident we all love them. Like, yeah. the, that, that, that color, that crispness, the, the tones throughout the sky, those long shadows... It, it means so much to so many of us and we have this emotive kind of connection and engagement to these memories we have but being able to actually capture that and connect with somebody else through those moments mm. it, it means so much to me mm. really really does the word that comes to mind for me when it comes to your type of photography and photography in general is definitely curiosity, right? It, like you have to have a very curious brain. And then with your style of photography, the crazy thing is you only get like two opportunities a day, Fully. right? You know, like, and so it's like the morning and the afternoon. And if, you know, there's so many variations, you can get cloudy sky or well, sometimes they're good, but you get those two moments a day to get the perfect shot. And if not, you have to like go to bed and wait uh-huh. until the next and day. And that's a beautiful thing for me. What's the time frame that you've got there for that really magical moment? So, oh, I'd say it depends on who you are as a photographer, but there's literally like- You know that one bit I'm talking yeah. about where you're like, fuck it, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, at the climax of it when yeah. the colours just- Because I really exclusively shoot for my landscapes, you know, when there is high cloud in the sky. Yeah, wow. So, very high in the atmosphere and that- that definitely doesn't happen every day. Mm. You know, like there can be months. Niching within a niche. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's tough at times, Uh, but that climactic point when it hits Mm -hmm. is just so satisfying. Yeah. Especially when you don't know if it's going to, you know, it's just so cloudy, so dull. Something hits and the sky just is engulfed by color. Yeah. It's just like that moment brings a smile to my face every time. <laughs> yeah. Every time. I can see that right now. And because I, I witness this, the sunrise most mornings too. And the thing is the, the beautiful moment isn't when the sun's breaching the horizon. It's, it's almost an hour before it where the sky's still black. So the contrast is there and you just see this pin line, this hairline of orange on the, on the horizon there. And then 
hopefully you've got those cloud formations above and that's where the magic is, right? So, the clouds really complement the sunset and sunrise. Yeah. And I know you know a lot about cloud formation too. I've heard this crazy <laughs> man knows. Yeah. Oh, yeah, far too much. Like, I, yeah, I spent my photography, I guess, was the study of clouds yeah, for wow. me because that, that's what I was shooting. You know, so going through and seeing how how the clouds responded, how the environment responded to sunrise and sunset, that enabled me this really unique intuition. So I started to form an understanding of this is what's going to happen if this occurs, mm. and the variation in the clouds. You know, oh, it's yeah, I love too much that. to get into. But yeah. if you're just fizzing on like you can see the the weather charts optimal, like what is this is going to be a cracker. Like, tell us what's the right cloud formations and everything. We've all the lingo. I want. We want the language as well. All the lingo. You yeah, want yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Give us oh. a fucking rundown, weatherman. Man, it, it it gets pretty complex. But ultimately, ideal situation is around ninety to ninety five percent coverage in high cloud. And there are a few different resources you can actually use. There's a there are three specific weather algorithms that are used. There's a European forecasting model. There's one that's used by the bomb. And there's also a GFS model, which is used by the American broadcasting stations. So the most accurate one is actually the European model. And that's used on a site called yr.no, based in Norway. So you have to change into English. Oh, sick. And then, you cool. can, yeah, you can put in your location and it says, all right, at six o'clock, this is predicted to be, you know, X amount of low cloud, X amount of middle cloud and X amount of high cloud. So ultimately, if you go onto that, And at either sunrise or sunset, if it's saying, say, 80% high cloud, there's no middle cloud, there's no low cloud, you've got a pretty good chance of seeing something pretty spectacular. Yeah, cool. Really, we are after that high cloud that is unobstructed by low cloud from where the sun is rising to where we actually are Mm. in relation to it. Yeah, cool. You can tell he's definitely yeah, yeah, his yeah. 10,000 hours on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Man, that's his shit. Art talk. We talk art here and we create it at MitchRevs.com. On this podcast, we definitely love to explore the journey a little bit as well. You started off, obviously, as a hobbyist. Now, you know, as, as Mitch was saying earlier, there's, your work's pretty widespread around Newcastle. You're very present online, you know, Take us through that journey. You know, at what point did you decide that you wanted to start doing this, you know, a little bit more seriously? What was that transition from hobby into, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And man, a lot of us, a lot of us don't know when the point really actually is, you know, like we, we often go through and have self doubt with our own work, whatever it is in the creative field. And we're like, oh, is it worth taking that leap of faith? Reality is if you're putting it out there on social media and people are looking to actually, you know, put money down for what it is that you're creating, you know, it's time to kind of take that next step and see how you can spread it out a little further. I personally went through the route, same as Mitch, of doing market stalls and market stalls for me, it was great to get my work out there and sell pieces, sure, but it was that connection as well. You know, mm. like seeing people's response and genuinely engaging with people, with my story. And that was when I was like, look, I need to do this. Mm. Like, I need to make it happen. It's, it's all that offers me this true, you know, fulfillment, and this, this, this drive to continue to, I guess, express what's within me. Mm-hmm. And I felt as though I was able to connect in a manner that genuinely, 
created, I guess, positivity within others. Mm. And it was from that passion that I have within myself. And yeah, like I, I, I didn't, I didn't have a second thought after that moment where I realized there was one specific moment that I was going around. I do a lot of, what would you call it? You could call it door-to-door sales. <laughs> <laughs> Salesman, this guy. Put on your tie and collar. I just, I love it. Like in a, in a B2B sphere, so going around to businesses, yeah. I love being able to kind of connect with people in that way. Yeah. For me, it's, it's a huge challenge as well. Yeah, let's explore this because B2B is not something that we've really talked about much and it's it's a definitely a strategy. Well, not many people like to do it because they don't like to put themselves out there and like, you know, commend it's you on so that too, rough. Sean, because <laughs> yeah, but, but like you obviously also get enjoyment from it. Yeah. yeah. You know, you have to, otherwise you wouldn't do it. Yeah. Like I know that you're that kind of person that you know, you could just walk into a building full of people sitting down at their desk and be like, yo, what's up? Like, this is me. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. And it works, though. Like, yeah. there's proof there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I guess that's finding enjoyment within the struggle, which is something that I had to develop. Like, for, for those of you who aren't aware, now I did put something out recently, which was, I guess, expressing my mental health journey. I have bipolar. So, there are points at which it does become very challenging to overcome the anxieties, you know, overcome those kind of cycles. And for me, being able to actually just push that boundary and say, look, I can do it. You know, that was a that was a really, really big, big step for me because I was so filled with anxiety up until that point. Mm. You know, I'd have to go into a business and say g'day. And if I, if I messed that first one up, I'd be like, all right, next one. What am I going to do to improve? Mm. You know? A bit of forced discomfort. Yeah. Same sort of mentality of people that, you know, do ice baths and morning winter swims. It's like forcing yourself to do that really hard thing. So, the, later on in the day when something actually hard comes up, you know, you're, you're, you're ready for it. You're like, I've already been for a swim at 7 a.m., uh, 6 a.m. when no one else is awake. Yeah. Now, the, the person in the car, you know, the road rage isn't as important. So, it's that forced discomfort. I love that. Yeah. Just a little keynote there as well for anyone. B2B's business to business, yeah. more direct sales, if anyone was wondering about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I guess in that sphere, you think about how many businesses, especially here in Newcastle, Every business is out there, you know, and they all, in 80% of cases, need artwork on their walls, Mm -hmm. especially the amount of gentrification that's going on in Newcastle. Mm. The development, it is massive. If you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to give away, I guess, some secrets here, Mm. but like, we love that. (laughs) Tell us all your secrets. (laughs) The reality is there are a huge amount of opportunities there. You know, Mm. if you get in with a construction company, if you get in with a building company that are doing the majority of these fit outs, you're set. Yeah. Like you a hundred percent, they're going to say, all right, this is the catalog that we have to choose from with Mitch's work, you know, Mm. go in, pick them. We're going to get them straight in, you know, like. And there's so many opportunities like that. Like a business model I've been kind of working on getting to fruition, which I'd love for anyone to really take up because I'm not, you know, like there's not an NDA here. It's not a non-disclosure agreement. Like I want someone to take it and give it the attention it deserves. It's it's the whole leasing system of being able to actually get your work out there. But having having a company say, look, we're going to pay X amount. And so you have that passive income stream have your work on the walls for X amount, you know, yeah, yeah. work out the logistic details that you're comfortable with and give it a go. Yeah. I think yeah. there's definitely like, there's something there in that leasing space. I had a guy walk into the gallery a week or two ago. He's 
originally from the UK and he bought a bunch of Banksy's like in the early days, oh, like wow. when Banksy wasn't really Banksy, you know. Yeah. And he loans them out and makes fucking heaps of money off it, yeah. you know. And he walked in and he was kind of talking about that that space and it reminded me, Sean, because I remember you called me to ask my views and thoughts on loaning and for me, I'm always playing devil's advocate and I kind of raise the questions around insurances and what if it breaks and what if I've, they've got this original artwork that's worth thousands and, you know, I've just been I've been in situations before where shit falls apart and at the end of the day, it's you that fucking, you know, has to wear it. So, yeah. I'm a little bit hesitant to enter that space, but I think there's definitely room to be explored. I do believe the Australian Gallery in Sydney has a variation of it at some point, but once, it, once again, it's like the, mid, you, the middleman. Like, if you B2B sounds appealing to you, direct to, to business would be yeah. the best way, and that sounds incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. imagine renting the artwork, getting paid for it, and then getting it back. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, you can create some kind of system where it's like, hey, Look, if you know another business who is after some, then you can just cycle it through. You know, you yeah. rotate it as well. Mm. So well, it's in the best interest it. for the business as well, right? Because they kind of want to freshen up the lobby and instead of paying 10 grand for an original, they can have it for, you know, six months to a year, which is probably when they want to change their interior design anyway yeah, and maybe true. pay two or three grand, you know? Definitely. That's really Definitely. cool. Yeah, a lot of it is that relationship, you know, developing the relationship with the right person. And that's tough. You know, because you've got to go through the barriers. You yeah. go to a business. You're not talking to the owner. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you go to a corporate company yeah. with, like, multiple entities. Yeah. You've got to go through and talk to, you know, the desk clerk and then the manager. And then the manager has to go to, like, the, you know, assistant. Mm. And they have to go to- the money that I've seen being thrown around in corporate for art and, well, just in, in general towards, like, I did this shoot in uh, Austria at one point and... It was for this this photographer. It was as a parkour athlete, and we'd been in we'd been on a tour in Europe. And his name was Paul Ripke. He's like he he shot the German football team after they won the World Cup and stuff. Like he's a renowned yeah, right. German photographer. Right. Yeah. And we were in like Switzerland, and he's like send a couple of the boys a message. He's like, can you guys be in Austria by you know in two days from now? He's like, yeah. He's like, I'll pay you your train tickets, and he paid five of us like fifteen hundred euro, put us all over there. And then we did this huge shoot and his fee would be ridiculous. It turns out it was an internal catalogue for this company. It wasn't that the work <laughs> never got seen. It was Jeez. just for their internals. The, yeah. the shoot must have been 20,000 euro. So, yeah, like my point is, you know, there's, there's money corporate. You know, if you come in the right way, mm-hmm. there's definitely a business model there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And another thing, how, how have you actually seen it, Mitch, over the past, say, three months? People coming up to you from, you know, office environments, working environments being like, look, we've got to get our team enthusiastic again. Mm, you know, like knows. everyone's yeah. had that freedom to work unrestricted pretty much. See the look on Mitch's face right now. I know it, Mitch is in these days. He's going, hmm, I'm going to have to have a think about this later. <laughs> just another thing. Just another thing. I've got one more thing to add to that. Oh, I love it. Right. So, through, through Australia, the government's implemented something and... There's actually a complete tax deduction of the full cost mm. of artwork mm-hmm. yeah. in businesses yeah. up to $5 billion turnover. Yeah, it's fucked up. Like, that's massive. You go to almost any business and, 
you offer them an asset that's actually going to be doing so much good for them so they don't have to pay as much in tax. Like, mm. yeah. Why wouldn't you? I've tried to use that as a point a couple <laughs> we of times. Didn't like, yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> I think as long as it is like a removable piece of artwork, like you yes. can't go in and paint their whole fucking murals over all their walls and say, yeah, it's going to be Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not so much of a depreciating asset then. Yeah, you of know. course. Fuck the tax man anyway. <laughs> Thank you for sharing all of that. How does your art talk? Email sean at mitchrevs.com. But I want to quickly go back to you mentioning about this video that you posted the other day, which really hit me quite hard. And you labelled it an expression session and said that you felt muted and anxiety riddled. And I'd love to talk more about that because it seems that artists do struggle more than anyone else with this and like you know mental health is isn't something that's swept under the rug anymore people talk about it and it seems to me that the reason you put that video out into the universe is because you wanted to continue that conversation so i guess first question is you know your relationship with bipolar how did you find that out that's yeah that's a funny one i guess when i was probably 13 i remember oh it was either 13 or 11 i said to my brother and i was like i think i have depression and at that point, you know, it doesn't matter who you told, they weren't going to take it on board because it wasn't accepted. You they know? weren't like, prepared for it. They were going, like, yeah. Fuck. And my mm. poor brother, <laughs> he wouldn't have known how to respond. He would have been 15, 16. Like, you know, and so I guess at that point, I knew that there was something within my mental health that was a little bit different. You know, I, I noticed a few trends within how I'd kind of fluctuate through life and that there were difficulties through it. There's no doubt about that. And Mm. I think I got diagnosed with depression and anxiety at maybe 15, 15 or 16. Kind of went through that path, as a lot of people do, go on antidepressants. Mm. And, you know, love it or hate it, it really did assist me. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Like, it's very much a stability kind of thing. For someone who hasn't gone through it, it, it doesn't truly help you per se to get better it levels you out to a point where you're, you have a foundation to set yourself back up, mm. right? So that you can build the tools so that you're not riddled with anxiety and self, you know, self-pity or self-frustration. You can actually just look at things from more of a, more of a, I guess, perspective where you're a fly on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know? mm. And you can analyze and say, oh, look, this is what I have been doing, but this is what I need to do. And then you start putting in the kind of, you know, putting in the legwork to rebuild yourself. Did you did you go and see anyone? Were you seeking a counsellor or yeah. just your family? Yeah. So, I went through to the doctor and you can get a mental health plan. Yeah. So, if like, I do want to put a full thing out here. Like, if anyone... If anyone feels like they are susceptible to these kind of things, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to throw it out there and say, "Look, you're depressed," you mm-hmm. know, or you have depression or you have anxiety, anything like that. But it is extremely common. You know, like it's extremely common, especially the majority of listeners here are going to be creative. And I read a stat that was like artists are 20 times more likely to have bipolar and 10 times more likely to have depression. Mm. You know? And through that, 18 times more likely to go through suicide, mm. you know, or have Fuck. those kind of... That's yeah. shocking. Mm. Is it because we compare ourselves to others? Why? What is the... Yeah, I mean, it's... 
Maybe the correlation is, is, is like people wanting to, finding the modality of art because they're wanting to express themselves because we're closed up and, and needing to find a way to voice how you're feeling. It could be, I don't know. It's mm. very, very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And I have, yeah, been looking into a little deeper and mm. there are serious correlations. Yeah. Like serious correlations. You know, it's, it's sensitivity to feelings. It's this kind of, you know, the... There are actually multiple traits mm. that very much align with, I guess, the classic artist mm -hmm. and somebody with bipolar, which mm. just blew my mind, mm. you know. And I think recognizing that, it's, it's, it's easy to see that we are susceptible to fluctuations, you know, throughout our journey as an artist, as a creative, because, yeah, we're, we're in a bit of a minority, mm. you know. We're looking to express ourselves. Mm. It's such a deep desire to put something out there. And in a lot of cases, we are looking for approval within our work. You know, like it's very, very challenging when you're selling your work to not have somebody want to actually say, yeah, I like that. Mm. You know, and as soon as you do, you are free. Yeah, yeah man. You know, like for sure. Really, yeah, really I resonate are. with that deeply. Yeah. Yeah, the moment you can create and actually feel deep down that it doesn't matter if you had approval because of it it's a pretty liberating feeling for sure yeah definitely is definitely is how do you creativity man fucking <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> yeah it's a fucking roller coaster isn't it yeah you know like i definitely still have those feelings mm. for sure like i constantly question what i'm doing and whether it's right and and that's that's a form of mental health I yeah. Guess. It is. yeah it is you know it's like Mm. And and here I was a few weeks ago when Sean and I first spoke about this saying that I didn't have any issues. Like I was speaking from a point of view where I was like, no, I'm all good. But, you know, I don't really want to touch on it. But, you know, it's real. Yeah. You know? Like that's a form of that's a form of mental health. So and look, it is it's within all of us. It's just how we kind of deal with that. So that's why I was interested to hear you know, your views on that. And then also I can almost guarantee that you had a bunch of people message you either thanking you for putting that video up or relating to it. Yeah, definitely. The The response was, I didn't put it out there with any expectation. Of course. You know, I don't like the... There's the authenticity of, of that video and, and people resonate with, with that level of vulnerability for mm. sure. Mm. It's tough. It really is. And that's that's the thing. Part of this conversation is... As we acknowledge, especially in the last couple, you know, because of the last couple of years, people, a lot of people are going to relate to this. We're all feeling that angst, that, that something that is out of our control that is, is feeling heavy, right? And yeah, it's the type of stuff that you have. You, I saw the comments, like people were really hit, it hit home. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it was incredible. It really was incredible to see the response, even people, you know, expressing their kind of, you know, journey with it, people messaging me and saying, look, it does mean a lot mm. that you're able to actually put it out there. Mm. And I guess for me, I, I, I'd come to this place of acceptance, you know, no matter what it was that was going on, whether it's a diagnosed thing or an undiagnosed thing, you've got to, well, at least how I see it is, you've got to go through these kind of challenges and truly take a step back, mm. recognize what it is that's happening and then have the awareness of yourself to put in the foundations and say, this is what I need to do for myself to, you know, optimize my mental health, really. Because mm, mm. there's no right or wrong way to do it. Mm, like, of course. There really isn't. 
everyone's going to be different. Yeah. So you obviously find comfort in photography. That must help that a lot. And I mean, that's we always link it back. Like art is therapy in in its purest form. So anyone out there, we highly recommend you, you know, get your daily dose of creativity. Yeah. It could be reading a book. It could be, you know, picking up a, an iPhone and going and snapping photos of, of things without intent. So, just go and get snap happy and you might find some stuff in there that you're, you know, shooting some trees and... Well, that's it. You never know. You know, and yeah, there seems to be some correlation with mental health and and people that go into art art or, or creativity or the create, creative route, but it, it's part of the reasons why it's so important in the world because there is a there is a remedy that can be found in it right it can be a healing process mm, yeah and some of you know some of the best artwork you've ever seen is is someone documenting the process of going learning to love themselves and you can see it through the art where they've obviously started in a place of needing to express and you watch the art you know i i know that even you've talked about your reflections and and like different pieces of art you've done can almost correlate it heavily with with maybe how you were feeling at the time and and if you look at your artwork now your last collection all in a year it was it definitely looked like it came from a different place than than uh the reflections artwork right absolutely but then once again there's questions in that because for me it felt so right to create that body of work and it was a reflection of how i was feeling and me being in a better place but it wasn't received as well as reflections mm. so then as the artist it makes me go like what is my purpose here am i am i creating for them or am i creating for me and unfortunately within that space you've got to make a living so i'm like on this seesaw of like trying to find a style that people like but i also like to create it yeah and you know there's days where i wake up and i just go you know like fuck them like it's a it's me like this is my journey and you know i'm just gonna wake up and do art but then those feelings creep back in and i'm like no it's not about me it's like the reason that i started this is to create a feeling for them Mm. you know and if i can find peace within that along the way that's where i get those little wins so well i tell you what man you were talking on your Instagram about your creative journey and music and all this thing. And there's one thing that you know how to do and it seems to be getting even better and better. It's learning how to communicate through words. And I don't know, where, where's that going to go? You, you write beautifully, man. It's the only thing I passed in high school, man. Like yeah. creative, creative writing was the only thing. Like, no shit. That was the only thing that I got a fucking tick on. Yeah. I'd love um, to see Mitch Rev's book. That's where I'm going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just, anything creative for me is like, it's an awesome escape and it's a way for me to create my own world where everything's happy and fun. Yeah. And I think that's why people invest in my work. It's because they also find peace and comfort in the colourful image on the wall. Yeah. So, that's what I need to just do is just make make fun artworks and I feel like that's where the success lies for me. It is funny because a lot of artists, you know, <laughs> we go through and we look for purpose in our art mm. and then usually if we find it, we, we have this just expression of our purpose to others. You know, mm. we find them and then we just want to go out there and present it and that's what I guess you've really found and I think what I've at least... I guess, seen from what it is that you do, you're just a communicator, like an incredible, incredible communicator. And your preferred medium is visual arts. Mm. You know, like it, it, it's, it's something that really is a very unique skill to have. 
and not many people have it the way that you do, but you can just cut through the bullshit, mm. you know, and actually hit and whether you recognize it or not, it probably is coming from a, an emotional awareness kind of space, potentially not saying it is, but being able to actually hit that within others based on your personal awareness and what you've gone through yourself. Mm. Does that kind of sound Absolutely. about right to you? Yeah, it does. It definitely does. Everything's emotive, you know, like every, we all create for a reason. Yeah. There's a feeling behind that and how about you sean like you touched on a, a few but you said that you'd found some purpose through it connection seems to be one that really stands out you you love to connect is there anything else that really stands out to that what you've found through your modality and where you're at you've obviously gone through a journey of in your you know early early teenage years being diagnosed with bipolar and depression and you're at now where you you know you're able to communicate that you're here what have you found through all of that i guess for me the the big motive is going through and expressing what photography has offered to me, you know, being able to actually witness and have a motive to go and witness the beauty that's out there. Mm. You know, that's what my photography is really making me pursue. Mm. And I absolutely love those kind of moments. It's offered me so much to recognize that there is beauty out there that I just want to, you know, I want to express that to others. Mm. I want to share it with others so that there is that kind of pep in everyone's steps. So there is a little bit of positivity in each day. And that's a massive thing within the B2B space for me as well, is because when you're in an office space, you know, being able to actually have something that's uplifting mm. and reminding you that just out there, you know, is something that's gorgeous. Mm. It brings wow. you a little bit, oh, yeah. you know. Just a, have you ever just thought about this for a second? How crazy is it that like we can capture a moment and look at it later. Have you ever like actually sat with that? that yeah. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you take photos of this beautiful thing and then it goes into a digital device and you can look at it later. That's fucking weird. Wild. <laughs> Very weird. Absolutely wild. Do you ever feel, I've, oh, this is just a weird thought of mine. Do you ever feel <laughs> the need to like date a sunset? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mean like that you fucking weirdos. I mean, put the date on the back of it so you know when it was your spaz. <laughs> Fucking it must be a Sean thing. <laughs> Jesus, you yeah. dickheads. As soon as I said it, I was like... <laughs> you have a bunch of children. No, but like, oh, all right, so yes. someone buys us, uh, one of your images, like, yeah. I'd want to know when it was taken. Yeah, yeah I get what you mean. But 100%. it's never done. Yeah. yeah that's, for sure. For it's just sure. on the hard drive. Yeah, yeah. in my bedroom. Definitely. Oh, see, this is the magic. Rich knows where the magic is. You write that shit down. I, yeah, I don't actually, I don't have it anywhere. But for me, I actually, <laughs> I have references of the clouds on yeah. that day. Yeah, wow. You know, like I, I screenshot the conditions. Cloud so. porn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, we're diverging into this. This okay. has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us and having this conversation, man, and sharing your story. Not a worry at all. I'm going to end it on one question. Yeah. What is your purpose? That's a fantastic question. Man, my purpose really is to, you know, spread positivity make an impact on people so that there is a recognition that no matter where you are in life there is beauty around you and there is a life worth living you know it's the simple kind of factors sometimes but generating that opportunity within your mentality to really appreciate what's out there and what is around you i think that you know that in itself is a motive to continue to drive yourself forward into challenges and just Really take that time to be grateful for what is around you, you know, and it, it means a lot for me to, I guess, share that, but also improve 
people's mental health through art and through my photography as well. Love it, man. That sounds like a life worth living. Lessons will be learned. Awesome. From that. Good stuff, man. It was so good to have you on and good luck with everything in the future, brother. We still don't know how to end a podcast. <laughs> we, <laughs> just, we just say something that kind of sounds yeah. like it's ending and then... Uh, yeah, yeah. And then it just stops. Art Talk with Mitch Revs and Sean Wood. Paying us a five-star review on iTunes.